Hello everyone and welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast where we are embracing ancient ways of being and opening our hearts to the magic of everyday life. I am your host Christy, founder of Bohemian Farmhouse and Midnight Kid. In this show we will discuss topics like living slowly with ritual and with reverence for the earth and our bodies, herbal wisdom and plant spirit stories. Join us as we romance the ordinary, re-enchant our own lives with plant magic and get ourselves back to the garden. Hi everyone, welcome to the Old Ways for the New Age podcast. It is hot today where I live on the east coast of Australia in Queensland. It is 31 degrees today. I've been so looking forward to the heat and I finally have it. It is finally here. I'm so happy and it's going to be beautiful weather for the next two to three days. So looking forward to it. If you listen on to the episode that we have today, all about astrofabulism in Scorpio season with Hannah, we have a little chat at the start about the storm that came through night before last and whenever we have a storm with lightning and thunder afterwards everything is just so verdant and so green and so lush it's so vividly green outside right now it's beautiful and the jacarandas are flowering and the butterflies are out flitting here and there i drive my car down the mountain and there's just clouds of butterflies going over my car it's just beautiful i love it I love this time of year. It feels like Christmas. So today we have, as I mentioned already, another episode on astrofabulism, specifically for Scorpio season. Scorpio season started on the 23rd, I believe, of this month. And we had the Scorpio new moon on Tuesday, which was last night. So in this installment of our astroherbalism series with Hannah for Scorpio season, of course, We talk a little bit about the mythology behind Scorpio, the ruling planet, and we go through our picks of herbs that we would use to use as either guardian or remedial herbs for Scorpio season. I really enjoyed this conversation with Anna, and I hope you will too. As always, thank you so much for following and listening. Would really love a rating or review if you have time and a little follow over on our Instagram. We always share behind the scenes and pictures and videos of things that we talk about here on the podcast over on Instagram as well. So definitely go have a look and thank you so much for listening. Here is the episode with Hannah. Hey Hannah, how you doing? Hi Christy, I'm well, how are you? Good. So we're just about to go into eclipse season as well as Scorpio Mm -hmm. season. I think I'm actually feeling it. Did you hear the storm last night? Yes, it actually woke me up, which is very difficult for a storm to do. It was quite intense. Yeah, we actually had hail on our roof right at the start. Oh, wow. Yeah, and the dogs, our dogs really panic, especially the big one. She really panics Mm -hmm. with lightning and thunder. Rain doesn't bother her. But, yeah, and it's definitely the, the lightning. So if she's in a dark room, she'll be a bit happier. Uh, so we wake up to her kind of getting a bit upset <laughs> before the storm wakes us up. Poor little thing. Yeah. But she That's was not okay. nice. We tucked her in. She was alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting season at the moment, I think. Uh, and we've got the new moon as well. Is that 
tonight. Hang on, let me check my little graph. What date is it? Yeah, tonight. <laughs> 25th, new moon. so, yes, yeah, so we have the new moon tonight in Scorpio. Yeah, that should be an interesting one. Scorpio in general is an interesting season, I think, like an interesting sign astrologically. I agree. It's one of those ones where it's unexpected because I always thought Scorpio was more fire and my little brother is a Scorpio and he definitely had that that fiery kind of temper growing up and so I always just associated it with fire and then when I learned that it was water I was like oh okay wow Mm. interesting I think you and I have spoken before absolutely that I always thought that Scorpio was fire <laughs> growing up it just it has that fiery nature to it and upon a bit more digging I now kind of understand why there is that fire aspect to it but yes definitely it is the more fiery of the water signs And its symbol is the the um the scorpion, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's it's shown through the the scorpion sting that sort of fire element and that whole like burning kind of feature of it. I also learned that scorpions shed as well, and I feel like that's a really important Mm. part of their symbology too. They shed their skin, absolutely and it mirrors the fire sort of like phoenix rising from the ashes when you. shed your skin as well you know like a new mm -hmm. a new a new life kind of emerging from the fire so that's interesting too that it's also mirrored in that as well so where does the water come in where's the water <laughs> <laughs> well, it is interesting. So Scorpio is, you know, associated with Pluto and Pluto is connected to Hades, Lord of the Greek underworld. And it's it, it rules unconscious depths as well. So I think that depth that is very connected to emotion, but it's interesting because Hades has been seen to connect and bring in instinctual drives and emotional attachments and compulsive obsessive tendencies from past lives so it is quite an emotional sign but I, all the Scorpios that I know have a really difficult time actually sharing their emotions with other people or even with themselves it's this yeah like they're deeply emotional people but they don't want to access that emotion a lot of the time I guess it depends on where they are in their journey and the rest of their chart Mm. Mm. yes my brother is very very private and he doesn't share a lot and I think there's also an element of you know he kind of feels like there should be some form of like telepathic understanding of you know if you're in the inner circle you should just know how they feel <laughs> I feel like that that comes up a lot with him. Like, you know, he just sort of like, well, you should know how I feel because you know me without him actually communicating that emotion. You know what? It's actually kind of true because Mm we -hmm. do. Yeah. We do get it. So And also it does come. Scorpio is it rules the occult. So it also makes sense that like they rule the mystical, the the deep, the things that are unseen. So it makes sense that they'd almost have that. They tend to be very esoteric people deep down, whether they kind of project that or not. I mean, again, most of Scorpios I personally know very much are loud and proud about their spirituality, but, you know, I'm not sure about your brother, but 
you know, it, there is that layer of, yeah, like energetic exchange and expectation of of things just naturally, like something like te- telepathy or um, communication in that way would just kind of be expected on like a base level. I also wanted to just digress really quickly and talk about elements too because mm-hmm. this is a really good opportunity being the fact that we had that initial like, are they fire? Are they water? So <laughs> <laughs> talking about elements, there's the four elements, earth, fire, air and earth. Did I say earth twice then? Earth, yeah. fire. <laughs> yes. earth, air, fire, water. <laughs> earth, air, air, fire, water. And each one kind of represents something different. And obviously water is just what you were saying, that very like deep, it's more emotional, and you'll find that mirrored through the signs that are ruled by that element. So mm-hmm. when you go through the elements, earth is it's quite obvious, it's very grounded. It's more, I guess, to do with a, a way of being and mm-hmm. Air is more about that sort of communication, thought. It's more about sort of the intellectual. Yeah, the intellectual. And water is that, like we said, emotional. And fire is more that sort of like doing. And Mm. I once heard actually that we all live in a kind of fire dominated society. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's all about that you know, the hustle, the doing, the, the striving, the achieving, the drive. And Mm -hmm. growing up, I feel like if you're not a fire sign, then you can often feel like you have to feel like you don't belong or the way that you are is not the way that you need to show up in the world in order to thrive in this, Mm. you know. So I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a really important piece and also the fact that with the elements, the elements are really important when working with herbs and constitution definitely or if you're a bit if you've got a bit too much warmth then you would you know like fire then you would use a watery herb to sort of like cool things down do you want to talk a little bit about that as well like that whole like constitutional elemental because I feel like that's a really important piece for people to understand astroherbalism yeah it's a big topic the energetics so yeah, obviously. So let's say we're looking at Scorpio as an example, because that's this this podcast episode. You know, you'd be looking. Well, I guess let's also touch for one second, if you don't mind me touching on the Mars Pluto Scorpio triangle here, um, yeah, because definitely. yeah, a lot of people are associating and do associate Mars with Scorpio as well. So um, that also brings in a heat heating element to it although mars is not going to be the same um driving force and and like fiery uh, like element that you're going to get with aries for example aries is very yang very mars very hot and that's in the forefront whereas with scorpio it's far more subtle uh scorpio is known as the sign of alchemical transformation which is really uh like a beautiful thing to say. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so yeah, it really does represent death. It's the eighth house. So the house of death, transformation, rebirth, sex, money, the occult. Um and when I say money, specifically other people's money, but Mars shows up in a more subtle way uh and it can actually if used and harnessed properly and it also depends on the aspects, which is a whole other story, but the aspects of Mars in their chart, but you know, can lead to really big breakthroughs in a Scorpio's life throughout this life and the time in this life. 
So it, it can be that driving force. So they have a little bit more of that drive and forwardness, I guess, than other water signs. So that that's just like an element to look at. But with the energetics of herbs, if someone, for example, most people will know people who can't handle ginger. I like to use ginger as an example. My mom is one of those people, can't do chili, can't do ginger, runs hot. If she was in a room and she had a jacket on, she'd instantly have to take it off. So she is a hot constitution. And so we wouldn't want to go and add a whole bunch of ginger in because that wouldn't suit her as as an individual. It would make her far too hot. It wouldn't work with her constitution. So yeah, we would want to use other more cooling herbs with her. And so that's just like a very small example of trying to get the gist of what that would look like. With Scorpio, it tends to be a damp stagnation tissue state. So yeah, you would even though they traditionally ruled by Mars, you would add in if someone's having stagnation, for example, of Scorpio rules, the reproductive organs. So let's say somebody's having some issues with their period um, and their menstrual cycle. You would want to warm the area up. You'd want to increase circulation. So you'd be using warming and circulation enhancing herbs to do that. You wouldn't be using cold herbs because that would just perpetuate the stagnation. And you wouldn't want to use wet herbs because that would perpetuate the dampness. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. And I feel as though it's really important to learn these plants and what they do and their qualities like that. But it's also important to look at the way that they grow mm-hmm. and to, to sort of determine what they do with the body as well. So, you know, obviously if you take ginger and you feel that warming quality that it has instantly you know that it's warming herb right but you can also look at the way that plants grow so for example I like to look at marshmallow and the way that it grows mm-hmm. it likes a damp root and it also has like this sort of like gelinous kind of quality like it feels like it's Mucilage. really juicy. yeah mm. and that's how it's going to work with the body it's going to increase that sort of moistening cooling property Yeah, I think learning the, I guess, energetics and uh, this style of herbalism is very experiential. Mm. So, you know, you can really tell a lot of this stuff through experiencing the plant fresh, dried, seeing it grow, getting really connected because nothing can replace your firsthand experience with a herb. The most amount of book learning in the world won't give you the same experience as actually growing something and seeing how it works, tasting it fresh, provided it's safe to do so. Let's not go chomping down on fresh elderberries, please. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Book learning is helpful. But the only reason we need this kind of book learning is because we've lost that apprenticeship style learning, you know, where you would go and you would work with a herbalist for a period of time, maybe even live with them, work on their farm, learn from them in that way. And that person would guide you about the, the kind of nuanced do's and don'ts, like don't eat fresh elderberries. Yes. And also the family knowledge that would be passed down. For sure. Um, and definitely specific to the kind of herbs and plants that would grow in your immediate mm-hmm. area where you lived. Having said that, though, elderberry is so easy to grow. So you could grow it. You could see how much sun it likes, see what time of year the berries come out. Do they need, you know, a lot of heat to produce more berries? Do they need a lot of cool? Um, do they need, you know, some plants need a frost to really produce well. So, yeah, it goes back to that 
firsthand experience if you can get it or if you're not in a place where you could experience those things firsthand finding a place you could visit finding a friend who grows the herbs and and ask them questions things like that and I really love the approach of that sort of childlike experimenting with plants so Mm -hmm. asking their permission first of course before you do this Mm -hmm. but I mean I remember doing this as a child heaps just sort of like taking a leaf and pulling it apart learning Mm -hmm. like the the way that it's structured learning what kind of stuff oozes out you know this is something that we do (laughs) as kids it's just it's part of play it's part of learning it's almost instinctual we just we do this sort of thing and Mm -hmm. I watch my own kids do that as well my daughter in particular she she just she would spend hours and she's nearly 11 and she still does it but she was would spend hours as a child just going and picking all different leaves, pulling them apart, mushing them up, seeing what happens when she mixes them with water. You know, just that sort of like, Mm. just really like pulling things apart and getting really detailed with it and just playing around like that. Yeah, this is a total segue, but I was speaking to someone recently about Rudolf Steiner and his principles on why, you know, this is actually, we're talking about Saturn and the seven-year Saturn cycles, but that's why he believed that children shouldn't start formal learning until age seven. So that's just after their first Saturn cycle or or transit because they're still developing and still experiencing things and things should be color and taste and texture and, and that kind of, that kind of experience because it's so incredibly valuable to your critical thinking, to your development and who you're going to be as an adult because so I feel like so many of us lose that. Like it's very easy to just get caught up in life and not make the time to go and play with some plants outside, you know, but it's important and it can be a really crucial part of herbalism. And I think that's also a way of us connecting to some sort of deeper instinctual cellular knowing by doing mm-hmm. those sort of things. And as soon as we head into a more sort of academic book-focused school-based learning we lose that yeah that more instinctual um, Mm. connection to the stuff that we just know on a really deep level and that's part of perfect for Scorpio yes it is (laughs) the instinctual drive like Scorpio is so led by their instincts their gut feelings yeah really cool it's come full circle. <laughs> it has come full circle. I mean, and that's what I always say, you know, like I love conversations that spiral and circle like that. Mm-hmm. <sighs> the patterns you can find in a discussion like that is so cool. Definitely. So, yeah, like the herbs, the herbs, you had a list of herbs for Scorpio. So the herbs that I found for Scorpio, the absolute main one is nettle. <laughs> And I found that one in not only the guardian herb list, but the remedy herb list. And I actually think I've kind of nailed my understanding of a remedy herb and a guardian herb now. The way that I've been able to wrap my mind around it is that a guardian herb is, okay, now it's going to like not come out of my mouth. (laughs) (laughs) The spotlight's on you, it's too much pressure. (laughs) Okay, so a guardian herb is the herb that sort of embodies the spirit of sign, of the astrological Mm -hmm. sign or the planet. So you'll find qualities mirrored in the guardian herb, whereas a remedial Mm -hmm. herb 
is when that sign is kind of out of balance. Mm-hmm. So they're in a more negative state. They need to remedy that. So they need to bring more of those sort of um, mm. qualities in to sort of get themselves back up to balance. And that's why you can find a herb in both, you know, mm-hmm. like for example, nettle is a guardian and a remedial herb under the sign of Scorpio. Mm. So it because does that both. would be like a constitutional remedy for that sign. Yes. So I've wrapped my mind around it now. I kind of get it. Yeah. You know what? I actually see a big parallel between that and flower essences. So mm-hmm. flower essences, we have like a positive and a negative state, at least with Grauhaven, there's a positive and a negative state. Um, and actually homeopathy deals with this a little bit as well. So person who would be constitutionally or you know in a space of that flower when somebody is expressing themselves living their best lives doing everything to support themselves they would be the positive state which would be the guardian herb and then when they're out of out of step with themselves if they're self-sabotaging if they are in a dark place if they're just not fully fulfilled fully expressed they would be experiencing symptoms and I guess, side effects that would be related to the negative state. And so that would be the remedial herb. Yes, that makes perfect sense. So in the case of like a Scorpio, for example, if they are in an imbalanced or weakened state, from what I can tell, they would need to focus on things like detoxifying, promoting mm-hmm. elimination, and also warming warming their constitution up. So yeah, and improving circulation. Herb. Yeah, and so then you would you would use one of the remedy herbs in that mm-hmm. case. I think I've got it. <laughs> and their body systems too, so like the things that may be affected or are like, you know, Scorpio rules, I haven't explicitly said all of it, but basically Scorpio rules um, the pelvis and the sex organs and to an extent I would say the circulatory system as well. So you may also experience issues in those areas if you were out of alignment as a Scorpio so you would have your period would be late or you'd have really bad cramps that month or you know maybe you get a UTI or something like that and you would then use those herbs associated with Scorpio to help remedy that and nettle nettles yeah nettles so beautiful nettles oh one of my favorites so mineral rich so incredible for the nervous system as well, which I know has a little bit to do with Scorpio too. But yeah, yeah. I feel like ginger should be on this list. <laughs> yeah. <Scorpio. laughs> yeah. I actually did have ginger on on the list. Let me go through my list. So Yes, let's go through the list. We haven't done that yet. <laughs> All right. So I've actually got as guardian herbs, and this is sort of also herbs that you would use not internally, like maybe you just want to use the the energy and the mm-hmm. spirit of the plant because ceremonial poisonous <laughs> which suits <Scorpio> yeah, okay. <laughs> perfectly. Yes. so belladonna mm. mandrake hemlock so Ooh, all of I those i feel like have that sort of mysterious deep occult mm. kind of vibe totally uh ginger and then moving on from those ginger ginseng hibiscus mm-hmm. and nettle mm-hmm. and queen anne's lace beautiful some of the ones that I had that I don't think were on your list were um, wormwood was a big one that came up. Oregon grape, barberry, and rosemary. Mm-hmm. Don't think those. And oats as well was a big one that was coming up, which kind of, yeah, 
hinted at that nervous system involvement as well. Even Kava Kava was on a list that I found online was Kava Kava. So again, that kind of and hops like that nervous system picture mm. as a component. Some other keywords I found for Scorpio that I think are really good to look at with herbs as well is nocturnal, lunar and funerary, mm. which I really liked the sound of, but the funerary is, is hinting at that, um, that death aspect. And, you know, my understanding of Scorpio, it's again, very associated with the underworld. And as a Scorpio, you would be constantly taking journeys to the underworld and back up. So, you know, that might look like quite turbulent thing, like big experiences that you would have to integrate and maybe even experiences with the other worlds, you know, like otherworldly experiences or experiences with spirits and things like that. So the herbs that you came up with, I think, really suit that as well in particular. I actually feel as well that that might be the scorpion shedding the skin, that that death, rebirth, visiting the Mm -hmm. underworld, coming back slightly changed. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, Scorpio. And and another thing that came up for me thinking about Scorpio is that it's the perfect, obviously the perfect time of year for Scorpio, because when you think about what's happening with the wheel of the year and the seasons, we're particularly this year, but that our experiences in the last few Mm. weeks, but you know, the thinning of the veil. So in the Northern Hemisphere, Scorpio season is coming up on Halloween, which is All Hallows' Eve, Samhain. It's the point between the end of autumn early winter early winter sorry so it's that perfect time for that death and rebirth even when you're considering the death of the god and and the rebirth of the god if you're getting into the celtic side of it but yeah i feel like this is the perfect time and even in the southern hemisphere we're still looking at that thin veil coming up on beltane so yeah a lot of in between a lot of liminal space a lot of connection with other realms I suppose you could put it yes I love that and I actually really enjoy this is one of those rare times when I actually really enjoy having a calendar celebrating Halloween (laughs) and then the seasonal calendar celebrating Beltane because I really like I mean as Mm. much as I like my earthy harvest kind of aesthetic and this is all the leading parts <laughs> of me coming out right now. <laughs> I also <laughs> like to bring in those, the beautiful flowers and all the things that represent Beltane. So, mm. And for us, like having my husband be from the Northern Hemisphere, we do tend to celebrate both the same time. So I will have my spring decor out and spring altar spaces set up. But then for that day, I will have both. I will incorporate the the dark, the esoteric, the sowing kind of based elements to my altar spaces as well as the spring, which is kind of unconventional, but it works for me and I've done it for many years now. So yeah, it it makes sense in general, both are times where the veil is thin. I love that you said Mm. this works for me, figure out what works for you and stick with that. Okay, so let's circle back to herbs. So my pick is nettle. That's my, like, the main one. I feel like the symbology of Scorpio is kind of embodied in this plant, the fact that it has the stings. Mm -hmm. It's very reminiscent of the sting of the scorpion. Mm -hmm. 
Actually, in yep. my little book, I'll just read out the like first sentence in my um, <laughs> complete book of herbs and spices, the book that I found at my grandma's or my mum found at my grandma's recently. And it, it's funny because the actual page that Nettle sits on has this skeleton of a leaf sitting in there pressed and it's it must be really, really old because it's just the skeleton of the leaf left and it's really cool. I'll <laughs> share a picture of it on Instagram, I think. That would be um, very okay. cool. Okay, so the sentence is, it is a pity that the stinging nettle is condemned as a troublesome weed because of its stubborn tenacity to live in the most unwelcome places. Mm. I really feel like that has a very scorpion vibe to it as well. Mm. And I did some thinking on, because I, you know, like to just ponder these things, you know. So I was thinking about nettle before we talked and thinking about how it would relate to Scorpio. And yes, aside from just this, like the fact that in itself it stings like the scorpion, um, something came up in my reading about Scorpio being associated with stings and bites, probably because of that aspect, which is really, yeah, very interesting. Because, you know, also another aspect of the nettle sting is that it's very beneficial. So the sting is it a negative thing? It's uncomfortable. And discomfort is probably also partly a Scorpio thing of that that breaking apart to come back together. Journeying down to the underworld, dying and then rebirthing is is not a comfortable experience, but it's such a transformational healing experience or can be. And nettles just like that. You sting yourself with nettle and it can help to treat arthritis and it brings blood back to the area, increases circulation. It really is quite an archetypal herb for this. I think it was the Roman soldiers. So when they invaded England, they heard that it was a really cold climate. So they brought nettles with them so that they could whip <laughs> the bunches of nettles over their skin to warm themselves up. That makes a lot of sense, but also, again, very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. think you could just find another jumper, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the hard way around it. And also I love the fact that you can use the fibres from a nettle plant to actually spin, which I've done before. I've used Mm. my spinning wheel to actually spin fibres of nettle into a twine, and it's one of the strongest twines that you'll ever get. So cool. And, yeah, you can so you can create cloth as well from nettle. Uh, Yeah, nettle is kind of like hemp in that way. It's so useful. So nutritious, so useful in other ways too. Well, one of my, I think I've got two that I am really loving for this season. One is rosemary, but rosemary is one of my all-time favorites anyway. But rosemary is so incredible for circulation. It's really supportive of the liver, increases detoxification through the liver because also with detoxification being a goal of Scorpio season, you would be looking at things that support the liver. So, you know, rosemary is incredible for that. It also increases microcirculation in particular. So, and it can help to enhance brain function. And it's just, it's an amazing herb. And um, actually would be perfect for the rosemary refocus tonic blend this time of year, I think too, for this season. Rosemary is a favorite. And then, and it's used a lot in hormonal conditions as well because it helps with estrogen metabolism. But anyway, getting too deep into that one. But um, I also love oat just in general. Again, it's just like another one of my favorites. It's just so nourishing, building, supportive. Oh, I just love it. It's just perfect for honestly any season. I love oats too. I feel like that's 
one of the, <laughs> the best things I've ever taken for my nervous system. Christy knows I use oats in everything. Pretty much every <laughs> pretty much every mix, I use oats. Um, and oats store in so many of my teas as well. It's just yeah, it's it's an amazing plant to have access to, and it's 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 just from oats. It's so cool. It is pretty cool. What would your pick be for a flower essence for Scorpio season? Mm, so I actually spoke to Jerry from Growhaven. So I use predominantly the Growhaven essences. They're grown up here on the mountain and made up here on the mountain. And yeah, Jerry's story is amazing. But she she recommends blue ginger for this Scorpio season. And blue ginger is associated with death and rebirth. So I think that's one of the major reasons why she's recommended blue ginger. But also, it is warming. It has that slight Mars aspect to it. It's used for psychic development and spiritual advancement. So um, meditating with the blue ginger on your third eye and the angel trumpet on your crown is really amazing for doing that more spiritual esoteric work, which I think is really cool for this season as well. So, yeah, that would be my pick, blue ginger. <laughs> Jerry's mm. pick, blue ginger. <laughs> yes, I love that. And my pick would be Holly, mainly dealing with the themes of anger, jealousy, and suspicion. So I guess that would be more if you were sort of like in your not self theme, Mm. um, just helping to sort of deal with those things, those issues as they come up, specifically Mm -hmm. jealousy. And I feel like jealousy comes up a lot in Scorpio season and it probably will come up a lot now during the eclipse season as Mm -hmm. well and all the things that are going on astrologically right now. And I just want to preface by saying that I I don't think jealousy is necessarily a bad thing. I think when Mm. you are jealous of someone or something, it's more of an indicator that this is something that you, you want to aspire or need and using it more as like a marker so that we can actually get more into an authentic self is and also possibly jealousy like a driving force as well like to get motivated Mm. like turn it into transmute it into a positive thing like i have now got the drive i know yeah that marker point oh that that did something in my brain (laughs) in my heart and now i know that that's something i need to pay attention to and i can then transmute that energy from jealousy into motivation and if it's a person that you're jealous of then thinking more of them along the lines of being expanders. So expanding your perception into Mm. this is actually something that I want to to go after and have for myself and looking at it that Mm -hmm. way instead of just kind of going, ooh, and having the negative emotions that come up. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Well, it's been really fun talking about Scorpio season. Oh, I really enjoyed that. That was good. It's great chatting. It was really fun. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. I know your time is sacred and special and I really appreciate you spending yours with me. Thank you and until next time.